Join me in reading the Scripture for today in John 11, verses 1 through 45. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent a message to Jesus, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is for God's glory, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Accordingly, though Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, after having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, He said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now trying to stone you, and you were going to go there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? Those who walk during the day do not stumble because they see the light of this world. But those who walk at night stumble because the light is not in them. After saying this, He told them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will be all right. Jesus, however, had been speaking about his death, but they thought that he was referring merely to sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go that we may die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you may ask of him. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. When she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were with her in the house consoling her saw Mary get up quickly and go. They followed her because they thought that she was going to the tomb to weep there. And When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. 
So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus again, greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped in cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. May God add a blessing to this reading of the text and cause it to be the inspired word for us today. So today in in front of Easter coming quickly upon us, we hear a different resurrection story out of the Bible. The raising of Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus is sick, dearly beloved friend of Jesus. And it's pointed out that he's the brother of Mary who poured oil on Jesus' feet and dried it with her hair. Lazarus is described to Jesus as the one whom you love. So it's apparent that these are not just random people Jesus runs into, but these are people with which he has an intimate relationship. Jesus agrees to go to Lazarus, which is dangerous because people are out to get him, as we've heard. And here the disciples say, let's go die with him. In fact, they're so, they're so convinced that Jesus is going to be arrested and killed that they, they determine to go with him and to die with him. Of course, when Jesus arrives, Lazarus is dead. But Jesus comforts the sisters and says, Your brother will rise again. And Martha, thinking this is just you know comforting words from the rabbi, say, Yes, yes, I know. He will rise again in the resurrection in the last day. But Jesus says to her adamantly, I am the resurrection. And asks if she believes in him. And she gives a good answer. Jesus wants to go to him as he was there with everyone. And it says he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. And Jesus wept. I'm left to kind of wonder why Jesus wept. He just got done telling us that he's going to go waken Lazarus up. He's going to go raise Lazarus from the dead. He kind of already told everyone this. In fact, he seems to be telling everyone, calm down, you know, Lazarus is going to be fine. We're not ta- I kind of wonder, why did Jesus, why all this crying? What are you crying about? Jesus gets them to remove the stone. Everyone's worried about the smell. Who can blame them? And Jesus, in a loud voice, says, Lazarus, come out. And he's kind of, you know, he's all wrapped up in his thing and he has to, 
he kind of hops out because he's all bound up with the with the stuff and they say take that stuff off of him and let him go You know, this story of Lazarus rising from the dead, it serves as a vehicle for the message Christ brings to a world deeply in need of some hope. This is a message of hope. This is a story of hope. That new life is not something waiting for you after you die, but that new life is right here. It's as if Jesus was saying, no, that when he says, I am the resurrection, it's as if he's saying, no, I am in the resurrection now. Martha wants to say, oh, I know, someday we'll all rise, we'll be with God, we'll, we'll be together again. Jesus is saying, no, I'm the resurrection now, right now. It is standing right in front of you. I am the resurrection and the life, right here. That new life is not something you have to wait for, for after you die. And even when hope seems dead, Jesus shows us that it can be resurrected yet again. Jesus, who knew and loved Lazarus. Jesus, who knows and loves you and me. Jesus, who knows our deepest selves and who loves us anyway. (laughs) Jesus, who knows our deepest pains and weeps. This same Jesus meets us at our tomb and calls us out. Like Lazarus, we too, we find ourselves trapped, bound up, by so many different things, entombed, encased, hidden behind rocks. Like Lazarus, we find ourselves locked away in darkness. You know, often these, these tombs and these bindings are tombs of our own making. Like the tombs of our own desire. I want more. I want better. I want this. I want that. I want it all. Sometimes we have our tombs of of apathy. I don't really care. I'm untouched, unmoved, unaffected by the world. Or the tomb of complacency. I don't want to let God change me. I like who I am now. I don't want what God wants for me or the world around me. I like the way things are now. I am being served. I'm doing okay. And to heck with everything and everyone else. Often these tombs seem like things that are out of our own control. Not not of our own making, but someone else constructed them for us. Like the tomb of the things that have happened to us. I've been hurt. I've been denied things. I've not had a chance the tomb of the things we have done. I'm not good. I'm not capable. I'm not worthy. For the tomb of utter defeat. My issues are too big. They're too hard and too overwhelming. They're never going to change. This world is too big. It's too hard. It's too overwhelming. 
that's never going to change. These tombs, these building blocks of our life that surround us and block out the light, they encase us and they lock us away from all that God wants for you and for me. They are places of death that kill our spirit, that kill our hope, and that kill our will to press on. Tombs are dark, cold, and scary places. And I tell you right now that this is not the kind of life Jesus came for, Jesus died for, and Jesus rose from the dead for. Jesus did not hang on a cross so we could sit back and flounder, so that we could writhe under the stranglehold of this hurt and broken world. Jesus did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power and of truth. Amen? Power to be who God created us to be. Power to live the way God wants us to live. Jesus gave us the power to say, this is not the kingdom of God that Jesus died for, and then gave us, enabled us, empowered us to turn it around and usher that kingdom in. Amen? So often, so many times, followers of Christ today, are, we're, we're like Martha. We're just waiting for something down the road. Oh yes, oh, the resurrection is going to be great someday down the road and we're pinning our hopes for the world on God coming and straightening it all out I wish God would just come and then I wouldn't have to deal with it I hope God comes before Monday when my rent is due right those kinds of things so today you know but Jesus says to Martha and to you and me the resurrection is now right here it's standing right in front of you don't let yourself be entombed away from it so the question brought to us today is what is your tomb what holds you down what keeps you from becoming that person that god created you to be what keeps you from experiencing the resurrected life in the here and now, not in the, not in the life to come. God will take care of that. I'm not even worried about that. I recommend you don't either. We got a lot of live and let to do. Amen? I'm talking about what is that tomb that's keeping us away from the kind of life, that full and abundant life that Jesus came and said, I'm, I'm giving you this. I'm giving it to you if you would just take it what's holding us back what's keeping us away is it something we do are we entombed by some bad action or bad habit are we entombed by our own behavior patterns that keep us isolated from others around us are we entombed by our sins i said it i said it our sins are we entombed by those bad, dumb, lousy, stupid choices we make and we make deliberately that we know we shouldn't, but we do it anyway? Are we entombed by those things, the things we cannot seem to get past? Is it our situation? Are we entombed by a bad job, a bad relationship, or a bad circumstance? 
But Jesus employs us to he implores us, not employs us, implores us to hear that there is something more. Not just in the afterlife. There is something more now. This whatever is holding you back now, that does not have to be what tomorrow is. Amen. Not in the afterlife, but in the here and now. Whatever our tombs may be, it's in this time of Lent. It's time for us to explore them and wonder what else is out there. Jesus stands at the opening of our tomb and He yells into the darkness, Come out! Come out that you may see the daylight that you can only see through the eyes that God gives you. Come out that you may know true joy, true fellowship, true fulfillment, true peace of mind. Come out that you may throw off the death shroud that entangles you and keeps you from moving forward and moving ahead. Come out that you may no longer be held by your own shortcomings or the shortcomings of all those people who have done you wrong. Come out and recognize that God has so much more to give than these tombs that hold you so desperately and that so often we hold on to ourselves. Oh, we love our tombs, don't we? We love our tombs. No! <laughs> I'm staying. No! But Jesus says, come out and experience new life. Experience light and life and love. Let go and come out. Untangle yourselves. And run free. Amen. And feel the warmth of life-giving light on your face. Breathe in life. True life. Everlasting life. Fulfilled life. Blessed and faith-filled life. Real life. I honestly be, believe that what Christ demonstrated for us in the resurrection is that hope is not in vain. No matter how dismal our situation, no matter how powerless we feel, there is hope for change and hope for victory. Christ wants us to experience the resurrection not just on Easter, and not just in regards to the, to the life after this one, but Christ wants us to experience the resurrection every day and in every struggle we come across. That is what forgiveness and redemption is about. That is what resurrection is about. About new birth. About hope realized. In our story today, we are told that Jesus began to weep. And I've been wondering all week, what is Jesus crying about? What is Jesus weeping for? And I have to think that there's something else besides just His empathy for those who mourn after Lazarus. I think Jesus looks around and says, there's more... There's more than just one dead person standing here. There's more than just this one tomb here. There's new life to be had. 
And he looked around and people weren't experiencing it. Jesus wept. Doing everything I can to show it to him. What else do I need to do? The answer came back well, you know, this is a good thing, raising Lazarus from the dead, but we need something bigger. Come on, Easter, and I'll tell you all about it. But I think Jesus wept because there is new life to be had. Great life to be had. Joy-filled, faithful life to be had. God is doing, moving mountains to show us the way. Not to say it's going to happen overnight or everything's going to be easy and hunky-dory. It's okay to cry and be sad. But God is showing us the way. Calling us out of our tombs into new life. My prayer for all of us that we listen to that voice as it shouts and calls us to new life. Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, we are so grateful that You do not leave us to our own, but that You go to such lengths to show us hope realized. New life found in You. May we in our everyday seek to live resurrected new life. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen.